0: Hey, I'm Jam Supernova and welcome to my DIY handbook. So I've learned so many things throughout the years on my journey as a freelance creative and sometimes I just really wished I had a place where I could go to hear the experiences, the processes and the decisions of other people like me but most importantly I really wanted to hear the lessons and the mistakes. So that's what this is. Each episode, I'll be sharing a lesson that I've learned along the way. I'll be honest in sharing my stories of when things haven't gone right and the solutions I've worked out. I'll be joined by a host of inspiring guests who have either been on a similar journey or had the answers right away. We'll be discussing how to build a team, persistence, the power of no, evolving, and so much more.
1: Disclaimer, this podcast was recorded at the end of 2020 and the first few months of 2021. If you references to last year, don't worry about it.
0: So I made a pledge on this podcast to be completely and truly honest with you. Now, everything that I do, I do not do alone. Jam Supernova is not one person. I have managers, I have agent, I have a publicist, I have radio producers that work pretty much day in, day out to help me do what I do. So I've always been fascinated with the fact that sometimes we might see someone online and not really know all the back end that goes into making them successful. And having a team has always been so important to me right from the beginning of my journey. Now, it hasn't always been plain sailing, but I feel I'm at a place in my life where I'm able to identify what I need, what I want and who can help me get there and what I can do for them as well. Now, someone who knows that perfectly well is an amazing personal trainer by the name of Kira London. Kira London, during March 2020, set up her very own virtual gym during a pandemic on her Instagram. 8,500 women subscribed to be trained by her and her set of trainers. She's now going on to open a gym. And at the end of last year, I caught up with her to find out about her journey of building a team. Secure London, I have to start by saying that I am an absolute fan. I didn't realise—don't laugh because I didn't realise at the ripe old age of thirty that I could be influenced—and I've been influenced by you. You
1: have—you changed my life. Thank you. Oh, do you know what? Honestly, that's that's really nice to hear because. Um, the word influence or influencer, I've always found really cringe. Um Yeah, it's been tainted, I guess, along the way. Yeah, and I feel like this year, it's funny because you're someone who I respect. And actually, there are a lot of women, generally women, um, who have sort of said the same thing to me. And they're also women I respect. And it's like, yeah. it's so nice to hear that from people who you're like, you're doing your thing, um, you know, and you're doing your thing over here and you're doing your thing over here. And it's so nice to hear that um, you feel like you've been influenced by me in a positive way without it being a cringy influencer style. I don't know if that, does that make any sense? Yeah,
0: yeah, no, 100%. No, it makes complete sense. I mean, like, you know, for me, I've been working out with you since, you know, March or April 2020 and um, working out consistently. I mean, I've never worked out this much in my life. Yeah. And, and, that's what's, and that's kind of what it is, is having sort of, you know, someone that you can kind of look to or be part of a squad and is what you've created and be part of something and, and stick to it. I think I wouldn't have stuck to it had it have just been me in, in the gym on my own. So I guess the first question, just to sort of like
1: set the scene, is like, where did your fitness journey begin? Um. Like from young, young, young young, young, and my mum was always um like my mum runs marathons, so she's sixty and she still goes out running like a few times a week, goes swimming, she's pretty active and um from a young age um found it quite important that me and my siblings were active. Um, You know, like, I'm from a working-class family. Like, I'm Irish. My dad's a decorator. Um, So, you know, I'm not from a wealthy background. And there were four of us. And my mum and dad always made sure that, like you know every evening i had irish dancing i had running i had swimming i had dance on the weekends um you know she put us into tennis like we always and you know for four kids to be doing that that's expensive and as i said you know like i'm not from a wealthy family but she always saw it as a priority and i don't think that was necessarily just the physical i think it was a certain level of commitment and Um, even running like I hated running I hated it honestly and she would make me go every Tuesday and Thursday even and my sister in the rain in the snow like whatever it was there was no excuse we had to go running it wasn't until um, I think then I had a few years within my teenage years where I was like great I finally have a voice and I can say I'm not doing that anymore I don't want to go Um, And then, so I'd say, for a few years, I did the teenage thing of just, like, coming home watching EastEnders. And then, as I got slightly older and I hit sort of 16-ish, that's when I started going to the gym. Um, And initially, it was just, like, I didn't really take it serious. It was just ticking something off a list. It was something to do in the evenings um, or something to do on the weekends when I had nothing else to do. And then um, I really... Really took it more seriously when I got into a really bad relationship. Um, so I was with someone from the age of like 19 or 20, but through till like 26, 27. So it was like seven years. And, um, I was just really, really, really unhappy. And, um, I found that when I would go to the gym, it was the one time where I could just tune out. And it was like, no matter what's going on in my day or no matter how sad I am or you know, depressed I feel on this day. Um I know that once I go to the gym, once I'm in there, I'm going to have my music in, I'm going to feel a bit better. Once I come out, I feel better and then it's going to be easier to sleep at night. And it sort of came from, in a way, a negative place, I would say. And then off the back of that, well I remember one new year I said, I'm going to go to the gym, my new year's resolution was three days a week. And then before I knew it, I found that quite easy. And then I was like, okay, I'm going to do four days a week now. I'm going to do five days a week. And then my friends sort of started saying, oh, can I come to the gym with you? And um, it sort of started to get annoying. Like, I would have to wait for people and I'd be standing there ready to do the workout. And it's like, they would end up being seven of us, you know, like doing circuits and stuff like that or eight of us. And it was like... This is becoming a bit of a circus now and I feel like I'm standing here setting up all the circuits for everyone, telling everyone what to do and I'm not a trainer. Um, And then I just thought, sod it, like I'm going to try and be a trainer. So I booked my course and then off the back of that kind of everything happened. So I would say it was a natural progression through Stuff that happened in my life, like same as you, as you said, you, you know, you maybe a, a pandemic came along, which is essentially like a low in most of our lives for you to be like, OK, cool, let me try this. And then I was like, oh, actually, I quite like it.
0: Yeah, definitely. And, and I think as well, I think what I what kind of wanted to know about the journey is because sometimes what we see... On our phones or what we sort of perceive of someone is that you know we make all these sort of like preconceptions they must have always been doing it or they've been you know been doing it forever and I think it's quite nice to know that it was uh, sort of when you started to sort of move into the PT element it was sort of like 26 sort of, sort of onwards which is which I think is wicked yeah. to hear and so important I think it's
1: actually only been five years now so yeah 26 yeah five years yeah Wow! Yeah, hang on.
0: So five years and everything that you've achieved in five years—it is—it's it, it, mind-blowing. And I think there's another misconception that is that when—if I was to go on your socials now, and I was to look at it, and I didn't know anything about you, I just thought, oh, you know, she's she, she's got this amazing, um, you know, brand, and she 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 has all these followers, then. There's a misconception that people in our generation think that to be self-made means that you had to do it alone. So they might just see that at a glance and feel like she's built all this and she's done it all on her own. And I never really understood, like you know, when I was sort of first starting out, like the importance of having a team. And it was only when I was right at the beginning of my career, I think I was like 20 years old or something. And I was talking to um, someone that I used to like sort of confide in. He's like a mentor. And he was like, Oh, you, you really need to build a team. You know, have you, you know, you know, the producer and the DJ Diplo, like I've been working for him and he's got 30 people that work for him. There's 30 people behind the machine of Diplo. And I was like, no way, that's impossible. It's all him. He was like, no, I swear down, I speak to 30 people regularly and they all handle the business of Diplo. So kind of when I think of myself now, if you see my Instagram, you might think, oh, Jam Supernova does all these things. She has a label, she does this, she does that. But there's me and then behind me, or sort of what makes up Jam Supernova is a publicist, a agent, a manager, a radio producers. You know, there's so many cogs in the wheel. So if I had Kira London there in front of me, who how who and how many people
1: are behind you oh my god um there's so many people who are all sort of doing different things now so like obviously we've got 17 trainers I think now and that was so key I think in terms of actually making this viable and making it survive because I just felt like there's only so much I can do and there's only so much I can offer, so why not bring a few more people in? So that that was exciting um, because I think that is key to our survival so far. Um, but that's front of camera, you know, in front of the camera. Behind the camera, we've got, you know, I've got my manager, Tanya. I've got Lauren and Elaine, who both work for me. That One was previously my PA, one was previously my client. They now work for me. Now, both of their nieces, there's my sister. Siobhan is, like, my PA now. Um, Graham, he does the finance. Oh, Charlotte, sorry, Charlotte, forgot about Charlotte. She handles all my my uh, like the merch that we're bringing out. Then I've got Charlie, who also handles the merch, basically. And then actually, even saying that, you know, like I just left the gym, where we've got um, my project manager, Catherine. T- so I don't even think that would even. But that's a different side of it. So I've got Catherine, who's project managing, and and then we've got, you know, my dad is a decorator. My my brother, one of my brothers is uh, also a decorator. My other sort of half brother I would say he's a carpenter so I've got all of them working as well on different things so actually like Yeah, I would say there's, I definitely have missed somebody out, um, but let's just say 28 or 29, and then that's before. This rounded to 30. Yeah. You can just round to 30. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Basically, I'm I'm diplo. Yeah. yeah, Oh my gosh. Oh, I knew
0: it. I knew it. (laughs) You were him. No, that's so cool to hear. Like, and I think it's so important for people to know that, you know, to to do what you're doing right now, it takes all those layers. of people. I mean, was there a point you sort of talked about with the trainers where it wasn't feasible for you to do it on your own? What was that point? Was there like a day when you just said to yourself, I need to open it up now?
1: I don't like remember the exact day, but I've always been one of those people who bring people in. Like whenever I chat to someone, I'm like, so what do you do? And they're like blah blah, and I'm like, okay. Well, maybe we could do this and do that and you know like, I don't know why, but like I just I like seeing what people do and seeing how we could like use you know like even after this conversation I'll probably think of something that me and you can also do further along the lines it's like yeah my basically previously I worked in a gym so I ran these classes in the gym um that I worked in and the classes were called sculpt they were really really popular the gym was initially like a boxing gym it was like predominantly you know like sweaty grubby boxers um when I first went in there were not really any classes happening, I think like a couple here and there, but I they basically said to me, you know, like, do you wanna do some female-only classes? So I started these classes, they got really popular, and so um, I said to one of my cousins, Sinead, do you wanna come in and help me on a class? Like, I could give you a class yourself, and that way I can put more classes on, you can take a couple of the classes here and there. Um, And so she came on and then one of my friends, Sophie, who used to be one of my clients, who you probably know now, that's Sinead Trains and Sophie Hardy. Hardy. So I started to realise when I looked around, I was like, I'm surrounded by all these people who are amazing at what they do. I have an audience um, and I have the financial capacity to pay people. So why not like bolster it out a little bit and make this like a real thing now. So it's not just me doing something to get by through lockdown. It's like let me just keep adding value. And then I thought if I keep adding value then people will stay subscribed because I'm not up in the price um, and I'm just giving them more and more. So even if they only think okay cool well I do like one meditation class, one Pilates class and two workouts a week it's still worth the £15 a month that they're paying. So In a way, it came from alleviating my stress, being able to pay people around me who were kind of, you know, not able to make a living properly, um, but also just ensuring the success for the future because I thought if people feel like there's more, they're getting more for their money, then they're less likely to, you know, leave. So yeah, it's yeah. like, yeah, it, it was borderline a good decision, but also maybe a selfish decision as
0: well. Yeah, I don't know if I would look at it as selfish. I kind of look at it as 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 well, you know, it happened during a pandemic where people weren't able to work. So it's also, it was a help during that time as well. And, you know, there's sort of like different kind of schools of thought when it comes to business. So when I was first sort thinking about my team, who I wanted to work with, be like, you know, don't work with anyone you know, don't work with your friends in terms of like building a team, like a manager or, you know, or don't work with family. You know, the people say, people say, you know, family and money, they never mix, you should never mix them, but you're someone that's done it quite effortlessly.
1: How? (sighs) Do you know what? Like, with the trainers, it's very simple. You have a time, you show up, you do your workout, and you get paid. So it's quite clear cut. If you start cancelling on me or not turning up for your workout, you're not just letting me down, you're letting the 8,500 members of the squad down because you're on that timetable and they expect you to be there. So luckily, all of them have the same work ethic in the sense of, I've got to be there at this time. And we've done, you know, we've behind the scenes, there's been some mad moments where, like, you know, we've had to, I've had to look after Sinead's kids at 6am, you know, like, or we've had to, like, Uh, run to each other's houses to do workouts or you know like things like that just to make the workout i think that with family and friends um you need to keep the guidelines pretty clear um in a sense and understand what the boundaries are like actually i had my brother for example he's doing the decorating at my gym and the other day just as a young boy you know not young he's 27 but went out had a few too many and you know didn't turn up the next day so I sacked him off the job and I was like, wow, do you know what? You can go bye, like, weird. And, and you know, I got someone else into it. Um, I didn't permanently sack him,
0: yeah. It was like a kind of like a lesson, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. But I was like, I want you to think for two days now that you've been sacked and I want you to understand. And I gave, I wasn't horrible, but I said, I want you to be successful and I want your business to be successful. And whether I'm your sister or whether I'm, somebody else Mm. I'm paying you to do a job if you're agreed to be somewhere at a certain time then be there Um, you know plenty of times I've done workouts here I have actually done lives where I had too much to drink I'm on many times I've been on two hours sleep and I'm still doing a a 7am workout or like I've had times where I was throwing up in the bathroom 10 minutes before the workout and I still did it you know like because if you say you're going to be somewhere if you say you're going to do something it's important to do that and I think um, generally, that is... I've only had a couple of hiccups with um, my friends and my family, and the the benefit has been, you know, has massively outweighed um, any of the cons. And I think it, it's... Do you have mutual respect? If there's not mutual respect, then it's not going to work. But for me, like, in a pandemic, who would I rather you know, make sure it's okay. Obviously, first and foremost, it's the people around me. So, um, yeah, touch woods. So far, it's been all right.
0: <laughs> I think I want to pick up on, like, the mutual respect because I feel like that's so important when you're, when you're trying to build a team and, and trying to find the people that are kind of best sort of aligned with you, your morals and, and what you're doing. It's about having that respect. And the first team that I ever had was all wrong. And it was kind of all out of, I guess, desperation. You know, when you're in a position where you really want something, you know, I so badly wanted to be on the radio. I so badly wanted to be a DJ that kind of almost like the first person that really approached me, I was like, okay, cool. Yeah, let's do it without kind of thinking, even though there was like little red flags, like, you know, they wouldn't get back to me for six weeks or, you know, the contract and stuff wasn't right. The company was too big for the size of little old me. And then when I got my first agent, they took me on as a favor. Like now I know in hindsight that, you know, if someone takes you on as a favour or does anything for you as a favour in that sense where there's money involved, then they're probably not going to do the job that they need to do. And then I had a publicist that, you know, I, was, I wasn't I was able to afford their full rate. So I, she made, she let me do it for a smaller rate, but then she palmed me off to the intern. So like every sort of like foundation layer was just completely off and and completely wrong. And I kind of look back at that and I can kind of pinpoint all those sort of little areas of why it didn't work. It was because the manager wasn't right for me. It was because the agent, you know, didn't really want to take me on. It's because the publicist, I didn't have enough money to pay her for it, you know? So I guess kind of thinking maybe back to when you were working sort of within the gym, were there sort of like any instances where you kind of saw people building a team like, in a way that you wouldn't do it or saw people sort of moving in a way in terms of business that you were like, yeah, I'm not going to do it that way when it's
1: my turn? 100%. Yes. I think from working in a gym environment previously, that was exactly what I saw, which was why when I started the squad, like, the squad teachers, obviously, like, I won't go into detail, but they are paid more for their sessions than I ever have been as a personal trainer. So, like... What I've tried to do is um is pay very fairly, like more than fairly, so so that people understand this is something that you should respect and actually if it, it's something that you um start messing around with you'll lose. Um because as I said there about my brother and the decorating and stuff. I I actually had that recently where it was like oh yeah but you know like I'm not even charging you what I would be charging somebody else and I was like but I've never asked for a discount Mm. I like to pay my way people respect your time they respect your business and when people do you favors they often give you favor type service yeah 100 you get what you pay for yeah 100% exactly so like For me, I've always seen, you know, like, where I've worked previously, I've been squeezed and squeezed and squeezed. And I'm like, I'm bringing a lot of money in for you and you're squeezing me. Be very careful, you know, like, because if I decide that I've been squeezed too tight and I leave, then you've only got yourself to blame. Whereas, like, for me, when I'm doing my gym now, I want to make sure that people feel like, this is a really rewarding place to work. I really, I'm lucky to be part of this team. I get really nice um, perks here. There's loads of benefits. Um, I really enjoy it. I feel respected. I don't feel like I'm micromanaged. I don't feel like someone's breathing down my neck. Like, I understand from being a personal trainer that in this industry, a lot of us are like freelance, um, self-employed or, you know, we work for ourselves for a reason because we don't want someone breathing down our necks. Um, And that's the reason why I left my nine to five job previously because I was like, I don't want to be here at nine. I actually don't want to be here at nine. I used to work at eight fifteen, and in fairness, I would turn up late so often that my manager director actually changed my working hours <laughs> to accommodate. Yeah. Because, um, yeah, because I was just like, I don't need to be horrible. I like sat him down one day. And I was like, I don't need to be here at eight fifteen, and I don't want to be here at eight fifteen. Like, I was like, you're making me get on a train and break my neck to leave my house at half seven every morning for no reason. Like I don't understand why I'm here and in the long run, this isn't gonna work for me and I really like working here and I really like working with you. So I feel like I've always um, had a slight issue with uh, like other people's rules, which is why I work for myself. And I think most freelance or creatives or you know, people who work for themselves, entrepreneurs are the same. I think what I want to do is keep that prominent in my brain um, as I roll out and hire other people. So I'm just hoping that that's something that I can carry forward into business and learn from the mistakes that I've seen other people make on me. But, you know, I don't know. If we review this in two years, you might be like, she's a dragon now. No, no, <laughs> I
0: doubt it. I doubt it. <laughs> I'd hope not. That'd be like the dream shattered. But it's about incentivizing people, isn't it? Because essentially, you know, um, we, are, we are brands essentially and we have people that are working around us that are working on, on our brand, you know, and mm-hmm. they may be there for five years, they may be there for 10, they may leave after one year, but it's about incentivizing mm-hmm. them whilst they're there because it is that whole thing of when you are used to working for yourself, it's like you are building someone else's dream. So these people that are working with us they are building our dreams or our, our hopes and our desires yeah. and kind of kind of what we want and um I always kind of thought about it like you know when I did finally have a, an amazing manager you know it kind of wasn't about being like this is mine and um I'm not no you can't have this and you know I'm not going to do 20 percent on this and 20 percent on that because I thought there's so much work that she's doing outside of what of, of that that she's not getting paid for And so Mm. if I can pay her with the stuff that I maybe I already had the ball rolling, maybe some things came into me, you know, then that would kind of compensate for the work that she doesn't get paid for. And then she wouldn't, you know, in turn become... You know, not not, not not that she would, but I become bitter or think, you know, I'm doing this. And I, So is it
1: you drip feed her like your inbound inquiries? It of
0: was thing? like a it's all or nothing kind of thing. It was yeah, like, I, you know, yeah. kind of. I, and that's for me. Not for, It doesn't work for everyone. But I think for me, it worked in that way because there were so many big projects that I wanted to do. You know, even something like this. Yeah. They're not going to get paid from this, you know, but to yeah, orchestrate yeah, it, yeah, to yeah. organize it. So if I do get a gig that comes in and it comes directly to me, why wouldn't you just be like, yeah, OK, cool.
1: I think what you said there is so true, and this is something that I've been really trying to do actually this year, is tap into people's wants and needs. Yeah. If I look at, I don't know, Shanae trains for example, I'm like, what's your goals? What do you want to do? What? How do you want to establish yourself? And then we can all be very clear from the get go. Um, I think the problem is often employees uh, or employers, sorry, assume what people want, or actually they just don't care. Yeah. You know, like they don't even bother to ask like actually you know you're you you could say I don't really care about my manager's you know thoughts and feelings if you were a narcissist that's what you do which often actually a lot of people who are higher up in the world are um and you know you might say oh I don't care so she can just do what she wants and she can just get her 20% as and when she wants but instead you know that if she's happy you're gonna get more opportunities, she's gonna work a little bit harder, mm-hmm. it's gonna come around full circle, and you guys are both gonna to win together. So, you know, that I think it's about tuning into your team. Yes. And um, understanding what their goals are, what drives them, and what can you offer um, that means that you can kind of put your goals and their goals You know, parallel so that as they're reaching their goals, they're also achieving your goals along the way. You know, and I think it's just. Communication is key on that one, from what I've learned
0: anyway. And I think as well, share being able to really, like, clearly, with clarity, share your vision. Because I always thought, OK, you know, you, you get to a place, somebody comes in or whoever it is, and then they do the job for you. And then you just kind of sit back and everything just falls into your plate. That's literally what I thought when I was 23. And I remember I had a friend and they were like, no, that's not. And they were, you know, a lot more successful than I was and ahead of me in, in years as well. And they were like, no, it's artist-led, you know. Or it's creative led, or it's the it's the entrepreneur, whoever they have to lead it. You have to tell people what your vision is. You have to communicate it, and you kind of have to be the person behind it, still pushing it on, even if that person is doing their role. So, thinking about like your gym now, which is kind of like a whole whole new venture. How did you communicate the vision to maybe the people around you on that side, on that business side of it?
1: It's funny. I was actually really wary of. Um... Initially when I had to, you know, I didn't have a project manager at the start because I was so like, Catherine, for example, who actually is my project manager, as I said, I've grown up with her, I went to primary school with her. Like I've really, I've known her from a young age and I knew like, she's an architect, she's a project manager and I kind of always had in my head I think I'm going to need someone to, to take this load because I'm actually not good at getting things done and I'm really, really bad at making decisions. So, like, if we're talking about a paint colour, I could um and ah for six weeks, like, e- very easily. um, And nothing will get done, basically. I've got all the ideas, but I won't implement it. And so I was scared at first about my vision and... Also, I didn't really know what my vision was. I knew what my brand looks like. Um, and I knew, like, about my logo and the sort of colours that I like. And I knew, you know, I follow a few, like, interior designers. And I was, like, kind of like their vibe. And But I didn't know how I could, like, dump that into, like, a building in London. Do you know what I mean? And... Catherine's style is very different to mine. She's quite kooky and she loves, like, textures and just very, very different to me. And so I was always like, no, nah, I can't do that because she'll try and put her vibe on my thing and blah, blah. And then we sat down one day and I just... My sister had said to me, like, she'd um, been made redundant. And I was and she was like, you know, like, she's just in a bit of a pickle and whatever. And I was like, mm, she's been made redundant. I don't know what I'm doing with this. I've got the money to employ someone to do it. All right, fuck it, let's just sit down. So me and her sat down and um, from the start, I was quite clear like, I'm gonna give you, please don't try and force your, you know, styles on me. And actually not once did she. And we, my vision kind of evolved from talking with her because you know, as an architect and a you know, she does interior design and project management. She's also quite creative, well, very creative actually. Um, far more than me. It, she's the sort of person like she. I got my kitchen ripped out of my gym the other day, and she made it into an office in her house. You know, like I would never have the brain power to do that. So I was really scared, but I think it's about having a team around you that respects your opinion and your style and your way but also isn't afraid to interject and give their opinion because she came up with so many amazing ideas um in there that that were in line with my thinking so I think it's getting your team on board with your style and your thing but having creative people around you who can add to that rather than take away from it
0: and I think it's also about working with people that are better in those fields than you you know we all have yeah. so many things that we want to do but i can't be the accountant because i'm not good at numbers so i should work with the best accountant that there is i want to work i want to be uh, kind of if i think about my team i almost want to be the dumbest in the room
1: right i hear that
0: i want ev- everyone around me in their specific field to be smarter than me yeah and then somewhere we can meet in the middle
1: outsourcing is so key and i've read a lot about like you know like successful people and businessmen and stuff like that and none of them are trying to do their admin or their uh, you know as you said their their taxes or their it at the end of the day you've got to figure out if i can afford to pay someone and it's going to save me time where i can earn more money for the business doing the thing that actually brings the money in then it's like it's a no-brainer um and i actually got a a virtual pa about three years ago and that was the first thing i ever outsourced because admin i was so bad Are you bad
0: at having them too? I am co- Do you know what? I kind of... No, I'm a bit of a nerd. <laughs> Where I kind of sort of... I guess, I guess I stumble is I would kind of just do whatever anyone wanted me to do and I kind of needed a team in place that would put boundaries in place for me. So I would yes. sort of know my worth, be able to ask for more money... Um, you know be able to or, or or be like no she's not going to do that that doesn't work with what we've been thinking the strategy and kind of have that sort of degree of separation because that's the sort of things that I was struggling with and I take everything so personal and what if they think that and they think this you know I sort of get like in my head to having different areas of sort of people working around me that can kind of almost remove that layer of personalness like is it right for us to do do we do it do we do don't you
1: find do you find that you have a want to be liked Therefore, you don't like to do like the tough, like make the tough decisions. Oh my god! You know, yes, like, <laughs>
0: it's like a therapy yeah. session. Yeah, of course, I yeah. definitely like have that, and it's something that I have to. You know, I'd be talking to my, my my partner in the morning, and I might get an email through, and he'd be like, "Don't respond," and I'd be like, mm, "He'd like just don't respond." You like, you don't have to reply to everything. He's like, yeah. you don't need to, it's fine. Yeah. But, and yeah. even when that comes to like working with people and like you said about managing people's expectations, um, you know, mutual respect, but it's also having the authority to delegate. And that's something that I've had to learn and to be like, you know, I need this done now. I need this to happen now or, you know, kind of, when you're doing it all yourself, some yeah, when things. you're doing it all yourself, yeah. it's DIY. You only got yourself to be accountable and that's kind of an easier pill to swallow because, yeah. you know, if you don't get it yeah. done, it's not going to happen. But when you yeah. are trying to manage a team and you're having to delegate and you're having to tell people, you know, you, you kind of almost have to be two steps ahead as well.
1: Yeah, it, it's definitely tough. I mean, I do think as well it's something that specifically women struggle with. Because, um, and this is something, you mentioned therapy there. I've just recently started therapy and I'm, I'm loving it. Like, some, I mean, I've not, it's not the first time I've ever done therapy. It's actually the fourth therapist I've tried, but this one, I'm like, she's a good one. But, um, and that's one of the things that we've been discussing. She was saying to me, you want to be liked. You've never known what it's like to not be popular. Even now I get so many people reaching out and it, and I want to say yes to everyone and everything, even though I don't want to say yes to yeah. everyone and everything. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. And I feel like men are very, very good at being like, no, no, I'm not doing that. Or, like, they won't... You know, like, if I ask a guy to do something or whatever, they're like, yeah, I charge this much.
0: Yeah, straight in. You know, like... Yeah, no messing straight about. Straight in.
1: They talk about the money straight away. And I feel like, you know, like, when I first started as a PT, for example, I had... Um, so many clients, like, I'd have clients literally coming into my sessions who were meant to pay me cash, leaving, not paying the cash, and I'd be like... Mm, <laughs> uh, I'll ask them well, next week, it's fine, yeah. I'm, 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 Literally, the amount of times people would leave without paying me and I did not have the balls to say, babe, you owe me money. Like, as if I'm doing a charity work. yeah. You yeah. know, like, and even this is with the admin. I had, like, one client, for example, who... Two, sorry. They're in a pair who had signed up for 10 sessions. And because I was so not on top of my admin, they'd done 24 sessions without notifying me. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, they'd done 14 extra sessions. Because, like, I was seeing them, like, twice, sometimes three times a week, and I'm banging through, like, 10, 11, 12 clients a day. I didn't realise. And it was only when I went through my diary, like, I don't know, a few weeks later, and I was like, wait a minute, like... You've gone 14 sessions over and just not said a word. Like, you knew, you know, what you were doing. And I had let it slip. And it was at that point when I realised, you know what? I need to outsource and I need to be tougher. Because people are going to take the piss if you let them. And um, I think it's really important to outsource things like payments you know like where I've struggled to talk about money and I found those conversations really uncomfortable when I hired PAs you couldn't book in with me if you hadn't paid up front pay the deposit whatever yeah 100% literally and then as it got to their ninth session out of 10 they'd get an email reminder um, you're about to expire your block do you wish to book another block if they don't wish to book another block then they can't book in another session and then it's simple like my time is paid for I'm going to be here um, you know, if you don't pay, then you can't come. So it's just, it, you know, I, I just think it's it's important to do that if you struggle to talk about it.
0: And it frees your mind up. You know that those invoices are getting sent or those invoices, that, that's being yeah. paid. is kind of, it's happening in, in, behind you. That means that you can focus on on setting up a virtual gym going on to set up a you know a a physical gym as well I'm glad you mentioned therapy because that was one of the biggest things that I started last year so therapy of sorts more of a life coach but the reason why was because I thought it was really important to talk to someone that doesn't have a monetary interest in you so if you think about your people around you or the people maybe that if you're listening and you employ people they have a interest in you that is is financial essentially and I thought it'd be interest. it'd be good for me to talk to somebody that has no interest in me obviously I pay you for the session but there's no there's nothing to gain or nothing to lose you yeah. don't have a stake yeah. in it and that has been so helpful with having conversations uh, or thinking about the way in which I like to work or you know when um when my uh, manager at the time unfortunately decided to stop uh, being my manager and sort of leave the game when it came to actually thinking about who I want to work with next what team I want to build next we sat for a month and every month we kind of went through what worked what didn't work in the previous relationship where I'm headed now uh, what qualities I'm looking for what do I want that's completely different to anyone that I've ever had before and it was so refreshing because she literally has no interest in me in that way it's just pure facts basically
1: I think it's very very important to be aware of people's prerogatives around you for me this i just felt like this year i don't know if you get this but it sounds like you probably do but um this year was so overwhelming that i was like i'm actually struggling to cope um you know and i can come on and do that two hours like (laughs) ta-da and I can exercise on cue but when that camera goes off yeah and I'm dealing with all the other stuff it got to the point where like I was like getting really upset and I was switching my phone off a lot and I'd like not want to go anywhere and if I did go somewhere I'd be anxious and stuff because there was just so much going on in my head it was just noise all the time and hi Kira can you pay for this hi Kira can you do that hi Kira can I do this and I'm a big believer in I'm not like religious I wouldn't say I'm religious I'm Catholic but I'm spiritual. Mm -hmm. Um, One of the things that I felt was like in life, you're given what you can handle and sometimes a little more, usually a little more than you can handle um, because that's just a way of like keeping you aiming that little bit higher. And I just thought if I don't start handling my shit, I'm not going to get given all the things that I want to be given. You know, like I want everything to go Bigger. I want to open a gym in Dubai. I want to open a gym in LA. I want to open more gyms in London. I want the squad to grow. I want to have the app. I want to have the merch. I want to have the clothing line. I want to do all of these things. If I have a breakdown at the first hurdle, yeah. um, how am I going to get given that? I'm not. And even if I do get given it, I'm not going to be able to handle it. So Or
0: enjoy it, which is part of why do we do exactly. it? Exactly. Yeah.
1: So then I was like, I just need someone to talk to. And even just doing that, it's not even been a month yet, but I feel like a new woman just having that feeling of someone there to help makes you feel like you're not drowning um so yeah I think therapy is so important or just having someone to talk to as you said to who really has your best interests at heart or a safe space you can go to when you feel like things are getting on top
0: yeah if I could tell the 23 year old me or 20 year old me that that had that sort of bad round of a a team to begin with, I would have said Mm. you know what, Um, don't be desperate kind of pull back, know your worth, know what you can achieve on your own first before you bring someone else into the fold or bring other people into the fold and I would have said be extremely direct with what you want and how you want people to work with you do you want to be called every day, do you Mm. want them to WhatsApp you, is it bi-weekly in person, like be very clear Um, thinking about everything that you've sort of achieved and uh, you know, you're going to go on to achieve even more. What would you tell um, the Kira London that was just sort of starting out in terms of like around building a team and bringing people in?
1: I would say set out your boundaries, focus on communication, care about your team's well-being, and be fair to them. Make it, you know, make it a team that they want to be a part of. Make sure that each day is in, uh, enjoyable to them. If you're not careful. You know, if you create a bad working environment, you're going to have enemies in your camp that you don't even know about. Um, And that is when everything could fall to shit. So it's really important to have a nice working environment for yourself and your team. So I just think it's really important to treat people like the people that they are and, and care. There you go. It's I couldn't have
0: said it better. Kira, it's been amazing to um, speak to you. I could speak to you all day, to be honest, but in yeah. the meantime, I'll just be joining the squad and working out. <laughs> yeah,
1: get our, get our squats in and stuff. Yeah, yeah, I'll be squatting. No, thank yeah, you so thank much you. for having me.
0: So I'm not going to lie, I was slightly gassed about speaking to Kira London because I said at the beginning of the podcast, I am a genuine fan of what she does. And uh, it was nice to actually talk to her and kind of get the back end story of how she's built her empire. There's so many great takeaways. I mean, so many great quotes, so many great stories as well. I like the fact that she's firm, but fair. She kind of has like almost like a two strikes and you're out kind of rule. I'm going to give you the job. Here's the clear boundaries. Turn up, do what you got to do. If you don't get it done, one more chance. If you don't get it done, you're out. And I'm like ah uh, okay I definitely need to be a little bit more firm because sometimes I can let things just spiral out and keep on going because I don't have the guts or the balls to say do you know what this isn't working so I'm taking that from her I also didn't realize how huge her network was 30 people strong and possibly still growing but the fact that she's able to manage them all and keep them all happy I think is definitely a testament to herself and lastly I think what she was saying about finding out what people's wants are the people around you the people that are working with you or for you what are their wants and how can you work together so you're both happy because again no man or woman is an island thanks for being here for this episode of the diy handbook i've been jam supernova and if you like what you heard then just let me know leave a review talk to me on socials and please please subscribe because there's more great information stories and advice to come in future episodes This podcast was created by me, Jam Supernova. Production from Amy Bennett. Music and audio production from Sam Interface.